Great Plains prairies are struggling to survive, in part because of trees. And then there's different brushes too. Cerecia lespediza is the one that drives us in the Flint Hills absolutely crazy. It should be right up with heroin and cocaine. You shouldn't be able to get it. <laughs> Hear more on the podcast Up From Dust. Up to Date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Here we go again with our Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday, the team plays in the AFC Championship game out at Chile Arrowhead Stadium. You all know the storyline here. The Cincinnati Bengals have defeated the Chiefs three straight times in the past 13 months, including the AFC Championship game just last year, even though the Chiefs once had a big lead in that game. There's a lot to talk about with this one, including the shifting betting line that once had the Chiefs favored. Now it's the Bengals. Joining us to talk about all this is Patrick Allen. He's vice president of content at Fansided and co-host of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Patrick, welcome back. Nice to have you. Yeah, good to be back, Steve. Thanks for having me. Aaron Ladd is a sports anchor and reporter at KSHB 41. Aaron, nice to have you here. Welcome. Honored to be just among giants here at KCUR. <laughs> Greg, Greg Eklund is KCUR sports contributor. Greg, good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. As you say, here we go again. You know, the Washington Post had an interesting story, Greg, the other day saying that the NFL, which prides itself on parity, prides itself on intense competition, is now dominated by four teams, just four teams, the Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, and 49ers, and it may stay that way for years to come. What do you think about that? I think that's a, a bold projection because this league is really based on parity, and there are teams that uh, turn themselves around quickly. I mean, who would have expected the Jacksonville Jaguars mm -hmm. to make the mark and impact that they did in the playoffs? So uh, that's a pretty bold statement and one that I think is arguable. You know, uh, Aaron, are those four teams so far out in front that that sort of projection makes sense to you? I would say you have to dig a little bit deeper and say, ultimately, it's a quarterback's league. Those yeah. four teams have four of the best quarterbacks remaining here in Kansas City. Out in Philadelphia, we're talking about MVP-style candidates to compete in this league and to be playing on this weekend. You have to have an elite quarterback. Yeah, Patrick, what do you make of that theory? Yeah, I don't really buy it. As you mentioned, uh, things change really quickly in the league. And I remember it wasn't that long ago when it was the league was going to be dominated by the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. So right. things change quickly. Injuries happen. And as it was pointed out, teams turn around quickly. So uh, these teams are great. They've got quarterbacks, but I don't expect things to stay static. So something else about this championship game that has people talking is this idea that the betting world is calling the shifting line movement for this game, Greg, historic. The Bengals began as underdogs. They're now the favorites, at least on some lines. That's said to be highly unusual, maybe even historic. Whether you're a gambler or not, what's all this frenzy about? I think it's about the nature of whether Patrick Mahomes is healthy or not. Uh -huh. uh, the betting line might indicate that. Uh, uh, if from every indication that we get from the Chiefs uh, and, and their camp during practices this week, 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been a full participant, um, but maybe there is some question out there as to the effectiveness uh, of his play when they uh, they play the Bengals on Sunday. Have you seen a line bounce around like this uh, recently, Aaron? And I'm not a betting man, so I try and stay away from each and every one of those (laughs) things. But like Greg said, it comes down to the effectiveness of Patrick Mahomes. We know he's Mm going to play. We know he's the ultimate competitor, and he's going to try and gut it out. But points and times in that divisional round looked like he didn't have the same explosiveness off that ankle or maybe just had a little bit of questioning himself. If he's even a tick slow on Sunday, I could see why betting uh, betting odds would be confused. You know, Patrick Mahomes practiced on Thursday, Patrick Allen. How did he look? Were you out there? I was not out there. I did see all the clips from our, uh, our fellow colleagues there on the ground in Kansas City. Um, he was moving around fine. I mean, there, you can't take too much from it. He's, he's, you know, doing some handoffs. He's jogging around a little bit, but he didn't seem to be limping. He didn't seem to be favoring the ankle too much. The question is what happens when he gets into the game? He's got a pass rusher coming. He's got to really stick that foot in the ground and plant, or if God forbid somebody else falls and, and, you know, aggravates the injury. I think that's what Chiefs fans should really be worried about come Sunday. I was going to say, Patrick, when Mahomes returned to the game last week, he ran just one time, picking up just four yards on a third and one. He also didn't attempt a single deep pass after the first quarter. And looking back at his career, that's only happened like a handful of times since he took over as a full-time starter in 2018. I mean, bottom line, a lot of folks thought he wasn't his normal self. I mean, how could you be after an injury like that? Yeah, of course not. I mean, especially when these things happen in the moment. You're coming in with a certain game plan. You're expecting to be able to scramble and to do your normal thing. And all of a sudden you find yourself compromised in a tight, really high leverage game. So I thought the Chiefs and Patrick played it smart. They they kept it kind of conservative. And they were able to get the drive that they needed to get the go-ahead points in that one and stay, stay in the lead. And now in this game, they're prepared. So they can have plays that cater more to where Mahomes is at heading into this game. So I think you'll see a little bit more uh, of an explosive offense from the Chiefs this week, regardless of the injury. You know, Aaron Ladd, why have the Bengals beaten the Chiefs three straight times? I mean, no team is really, I'm not sure any team has done that except for the Bengals. What's, what's that about? We, talked, we started this conversation talking about parity. These two teams, two giants of the AFC, are very close to each other. It comes down to four or five plays. Kansas City has said this week, you know, it's what we're not doing, missed tackles or not coming up on third down in important stretches. If I could put my finger on one reason why Cincinnati has beaten Kansas City three times in a row, uh, missed tackles would probably be it, but it, it depends. These teams are two very close teams, and it's it's the margin for error is so slim. I mean, missed tackles, I mean, what's that about? I mean, do, do you players just have bad games and they miss tackles is it just that simple we're playing deep into the year i mean these are game this is game 19 20 for some of these guys yeah, uh, right. uh, the coach can get you in the right position it comes down to executing and we've heard that a lot coming out of uh, the team facility this week uh, it comes to just bearing down and, and making that one extra play you know greg a lot of folks wonder if the bengals simply have the chiefs number what's your explanation for why the chiefs keep losing to the bengals well First of all, consider the margin of those three games in the last three contests that the Chiefs have played the Bengals. It's been decided by three points in each of those games. Huh, so I, each I of the games that. Yeah. has been close, and 
in in cases more often than not, uh, in the last three games, the Bengals have had the ball last or the Chiefs have made some critical mistake in an untimely fashion down the stretch. And that what has that's what has decided the game. As Aaron mentioned, there's an emphasis on execution this week and far as far as tackling and and uh, minimizing the turnovers because that's what cost the Chiefs in the last contest at Cincinnati. And I think all those things the Chiefs are conscious of, and as Andy Reid likes to say, tightening things up a little bit. You know, Patrick Allen, three straight losses, at least for some people, might suggest that the Bengals simply are the better team. Is that a valid theory? Yeah, I mean, look, I think they've got, or at least traditionally in these games, they've had a bit of a better defense than the Chiefs, but I think these two teams are, are pretty evenly matched, and the scores would indicate that. As was pointed out, the Chiefs have lost these three games by a combined nine points to the Bengals and had a couple bounces or a couple penalty calls gone their way. We could be having a different conversation right now. I think when you get to these levels, these teams are all elite. They're all good. They've all got great quarterbacks. And, again, it's just going to come down to who goes out there and executes the best and the Chiefs especially have to stay away from penalties that give the Bengals first downs. The Bengals have been a little bit more disciplined in these games against the Chiefs, and if the Chiefs hope to beat them to, you know, this weekend, they've got to be just as disciplined. You know, I didn't realize this either, Aaron Lapp, but last year in the AFC Championship game, the Bengals wound up just moving with a three-man rush. They put eight of their defenders into coverage for most of the second half of the game, just simply clogged all the passing lanes. That meant they were able to double-team Travis Kelsey. They were able to double-team Tyreek Hill. And I guess that sort of worked. You assume they might go there again. The game plan last year, and this is according to Chief General Manager Brett Veach, was let the Chiefs beat themselves. And we saw that going into the, the second half of that AFC title game, which Mahomes called his most disastrous half of football. The, the missed touchdown, the missed opportunity for points right before half, it, it really stung Kansas City. And then they kind of unraveled from there. The Cincinnati went on their run, and uh, the rest is history. For Kansas City last year, it was let them make their mistakes. They come back this year and reinvent themselves. It's to be on schedule this year if you want to be a Kansas City fan. Stay ahead of the chains and pick up every first down you can. When you say they let the Chiefs beat themselves, Aaron, are you saying that the purpose was for the force the Chiefs to make short gains, short plays, and so you had a lot of plays, and at some point they would make a mistake. Well, I mean, if you had, not as opposed to going for one long pass, it'll get him a, a quick touchdown. Correct, and they saw a lot of the too high safety looks. I don't want to go too inside baseball, but it basically the Chiefs' offense last year was having to beat you by a thousand cuts, death by a thousand cuts. They were having to stay on schedule, but one little mistake throws that whole house of cards down. Uh, this year, we've seen a concerted effort from Andy Reid to be a little bit more mysterious in how they attack offenses. Obviously, Tyreek Hill not here anymore, right? So it has to be a different recipe. We've seen them sprinkled a lot around a lot more, and that's going to have to be the recipe for success on Sunday as well. But what do the Chiefs do, Greg? When when if the Bengals put eight uh, people back on defense and just rush three, and they double team Kelsey, they double team maybe one of the other wide receivers. I mean, how do you defeat something like that? Do you have any, is there an easy answer to that? Well, I think uh, Aaron used the expression, they reinvented themselves. So instead of looking for the explosive play downfield from Kelsey or Tyreek A long Hill, pass you're talking uh, about. Exactly. The, uh-huh. the, or as the teams term it, explosive plays, because uh, a play of 20 yards or longer. You give the ball to playmakers 
who then create something when they have the ball, like Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, or Juju Schuster, or Jarek McKinnon. When you get the balls into their hands in a short-range situation, then they have the ability to push the ball downfield with their skills. We'll be right back. Patrick Allen, this idea of uh, dropping eight uh, defensive backs into the backfield uh, on defense for the Bengals, did the Bengals do that last month when, when the two teams played in Cincinnati? Because, again, the Bengals won that game 27-24. Yeah, they ran a similar game plan, and the, the Chiefs were able to take advantage of it this time. They were a little bit more prepared for it. They've built their offense this year to uh, attack that kind of defensive scheme. That's why you're seeing such big games from Jarek McKinnon with these dump-offs and these screens. And Mahomes, you can see it. He's so much more comfortable now just taking what the defense is giving him. Uh, the big problem for the Chiefs has been against these games in the against the Bengals, and this was pointed out by our good friend uh, Doug Farrar uh, on Twitter, Mahomes' passer rating against the Bengals in the last three games in the first half has been 136.8. Which is great. Half, Right, which is terrific. Uh, in the second half, it's been 54.5. Wow. So wow. The, the, the Bengals have made some adjustments at halftime that the Chiefs offensively have not adjusted too well. And I think what the Chiefs need to do this week is they need to run the football on these guys. Uh, that's a great way to take advantage of, of a team dropping a lot of guys into the secondary is pound the football at them, play physical football, and eventually – they're going to have to start creeping up, and then those big shots downfield will start to materialize. Well, Patrick, you're taking the words out of my mouth because my next question was going to be in that game, that last game in early December when the two teams met. The Chiefs did have some success running the ball. Even though their best offensive lineman, Joe Athuni, was injured, you're suggesting that may be the path for the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, 100%. And other analysts have been talking about this, and I think it's really smart. Dan Orlovsky from ESPN had a really great segment on it yeah, yesterday, I think, about the Chiefs coming out in 13, what they call 13 personnel, which would be three tight ends and one running back. That forces Cincinnati to put a heavier defense on the field. And a lot of the things that we saw them have success against the Buffalo Bills last week, doing these sort of exotic blitzes and blitzing their corners, it makes it almost impossible for you to do that when you've got all that heavy personnel on the field. I don't know if Andy Reid's going to go that route, but if he does, I think it could be really effective for the Chiefs, especially because they have a chance to get Jody Fortson back, pair him with Blake Bell and Travis Kelsey. I think it could be devastating. You know, having a playmaker, Aaron, like the speedy McCole Hardman certainly would help. Do we think he's going to play? I think that's the million-dollar question right now. Oh, is that right still now. a big question? Back-to-back yeah. limited practices, and I know the reports coming out of uh, the availabilities have been he's been catching punts and doing more work than we've seen even the previous month, uh, month and a half. He's been out a while. He's been out a while, and, and Kansas City's been kind of mysterious with what the injury is. It's kind of morphed from an abdomen to a pelvis. Andy Reid mentioned right before the divisional round that he suffered a setback. His explosiveness and his ability to stretch the defense east and west, not north and south, but move guys side to side, uh, it's something that Cincinnati would have to game plan for without much advance notice, knowing he hasn't played in, in quite a long time. I was going to say, uh, Greg, the Bengals haven't seen either Kadarius Toney or uh, McCole Hardman this season, two uh, you know, fairly explosive playmakers, and again, you're wondering if that wouldn't give the Chiefs an edge. Well, you did not mention until that question the name Kadarius Toney, and we have seen in the last few games He's how good. much, because that might be the most significant trade, not just for this season, 
but over the long haul for the future of the Kansas City Chiefs because this is a wide receiver who's athletic and has some great athletic ability, and I see him very much of a factor going into this game. So that's maybe an X factor. That would, sure, as, absolutely. That's they call it in your world, X factors. I like that, you know. <laughs> And on the defensive side, Patrick Allen, it's been said that the Chiefs' defense played one of its worst games. The defensive line did uh, against the Bengals in December. It didn't get much pressure on Joe Burrow. It sacked him just one time. Again, you wonder if that isn't something that needs to change. Absolutely. And the Chiefs have been great at rushing the passer this year. I think they were second in the league in sacks behind only the Philadelphia Eagles. But the fact of the matter is it didn't turn up in a high-leverage game against the Bengals. In this game, if the Chiefs can't get pressure, particularly getting pressure rushing four or five, they're doomed. Joe Burrow's too good of a quarterback. His receiving core is too good. He will pick the Chiefs apart, whether they're in zone or man, although I do think they should play more man. Um, Look for Frank Clark to be a big factor in this game. He's actually been quite good this year. He looks really spry. This is a game where the Bengals, just like everyone else, are going to try to take away Chris Jones. If Frank Clark can get free and pressure Joe Burrow quickly, I think the Chiefs have a good shot. That's interesting. You know, looking again at that last game, uh, Aaron, uh, in December, Sports Illustrated said the Chiefs linebackers were terrible, and I thought the linebackers were something of a strength of this team. Any thoughts on, on that? what happened there? It's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation that we Is get it? with the Chiefs linebackers. They get praised when they're in run stop and the run fits and how they run downhill. And then they have games against elite quarterbacks like Joe Burrow where you see the back of their numbers more than you see the front of their face mask. That's obviously not their strength. And if you're Cincinnati, you want to attack them by putting them in coverage as much as possible. We saw Jacksonville take big advantage of Kansas City putting George Karloftis in coverage against right. Christian Kirk, and that led to an easy touchdown. The linebackers are good when they play to their strengths, but they can be exploited, and and Cincinnati will look to do so. What worries you most about the Bengals' offense, Greg? Well, Aaron touched upon it, and but I will say this: uh, I think, uh, as opposed to a year ago when the Chiefs played the Bengals, I think uh, the linebacker position has been upgraded over what we had before with Anthony Hitchens. But uh, uh, Willie Gay is still a young player, but he's an emerging player for the Chiefs. And and, and really, Nick Bolton, for that matter, too. He's he's only in his second year with the Chiefs, and he was second in the league in tackles. I was going to say, he led the team, and he's a tackle machine, right? Yeah, uh, so there are some weaknesses there, and that would be my concern, but I think they're better off this year than they were a year ago. Okay, gentlemen, let's lay it on the line here. How do you see this game playing out? Who's going to win? How do you see it uh, uh, developing here? Patrick, how how do you see it? Well, as I said last night on our podcast, my head is telling me that with a a hobble Patrick Mahomes, the Bengals probably have the advantage in this one. Uh, I just, I can't pick against the Chiefs, and maybe this is my heart talking, can't pick against them uh, and Andy Reid losing to the same team four times in a row. I think he's going to come out with a really great scheme, the same with Steve Spagnuolo. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Chiefs are going to be able to pull it out this time. So I'm going to go Chiefs 30, Bengals 28 in this one. Okay, Aaron, one for the Chiefs. How are you seeing it? I'll be the bad guy here. I I said this before we came on. The win for Cincinnati against Buffalo last week in the divisional round, the most impressive win of this season so far in the elements against a team that was considered the favorite and everything on their side emotionally and that kind of thing. Joe Burrow's not faced. He stays cool in the pocket. Boy, the something. first two drives, extremely impressive. They go up 14 nothing. I think this team is chattering a lot because they are confident, and I think that that three-point margin stays true in this one. I got Cincinnati 30, Kansas City 27. Wow. 
Greg, break the tie. Uh, Aaron mentioned that number three, and that's the reason I base my assessment on the Chiefs winning this game. Three times the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs in their last three meetings. Uh, I cite history in this. Three times the Philadelphia Eagles under Andy Reid lost NFC Championship games, but the fourth time they went to the Super Bowl. I don't see the Bengals beating the Chiefs for a fourth straight time. I see the Chiefs winning this one 27-17. So two for the good guys, one for the not-so-good guys, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing your expertise here. Uh, Patrick Allen, Vice President of Content at Fansided, co-host of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast, Aaron Ladd, sports anchor and reporter at KSHB 41, and Greg Eklund, KCUR sports contributor. Gentlemen, thanks very much. Appreciate all the insights. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Steve. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.